What's up, everybody? It's Wolfman Dave here. Back again for another episode of That Metal Podcast. Really quick, I wanted to get us started with Hanoi and the Underground Opera with some jazzy, sexy, synth-wavy, but refreshing music. This song is called Under the Moon. Check it out.
Alrighty. So, everybody, my fansexuals, legends, thank you for joining me again. So, hope you enjoyed that. Uh, I love stuff like that because it's a little different. It's, um, I, like I said earlier, it's refreshing. It's great to hear stuff like that because, um, you know, after listening to just blasting metal all day, kind of a variation on things um, makes me happy. Anyway, so what we're doing today, solo episode, nice hit it and quit it type episode. We're going to be looking at five emotions, five albums. And what does that mean? Well, the emotions that I'm going to go with are going to try to match that. That album is going to try to match that emotion and capture that. And, and, um, I think I did a pretty good job. I left two of them out. I left boredom and anger out. But honestly, if you've been listening long enough, you already know which two probably um, those fit into. <laughs> um, but really quick, I want to get um, I want to get into one article that I wasn't able to get to the last time when I was with Eli. We're talking about some of our, I believe it was death metal essential albums, um, and so we're looking at uh, we're talking about. Some dude who who did a review for Necrophobic's um, Nocturnal Silence album. Uh, and, and I didn't get into it on that time. Um, but I wanted to get into it now. I, I don't think we had enough time the last time anyway. So this is off Metallias.com. By the way, I left a link for this specific article on the previous episode. Um, the notes there on the previous episode. So this is really fucking insane. The what this guy's name is Leader, um, like I'm the leader of the pack. Um, so he is on. Uh, it's on Metallius.com. M-E-T-A-L-I-O-U-S.com, and it's titled simply titled "Mellow Death Equals Fake Music: The Nocturnal Silence Review," which, by the way, he gave. A zero percent. All right. If you've heard the Nocturnal Silence album, there's no fucking way ever that that album is going to be a zero percent. I just don't see how that's... I just don't see how that's even possible, right? Anyways, so let's read off a few things from here. I'm not going to read everything, but I'm going to read some portions of what this guy has to say. So he says, Mellow Death is really just Mellow Dead. Okay? Yeah, that's witty. Fine. Um, so he says, it's the uh, mockery of the of death metal. He says, um, if you were to ask any death metal fan to put forth a list of their top 10 favorite death metal records, there's a good chance you end up with a grand total of zero melodic death metal on that list which if it's true most of the time i would say yes because we're looking at death metal and i do feel like melodic death metal is its own subject and death metal it's its own subject uh genre so he keeps calling it melodic dead mellow dead um so it's a melodic Swedish melodic death metal arguably started with Carnage's Dark Recollections and peaked at dismembers like an ever-flowing stream. 
stagnated with necrophobics, the nocturnal silence, and dissections, the somberlin, completely collapsed into irreverence, irrelevance with at the gates slaughter of the soul, to the point where nowadays Swedish death metal, archenemy, night rage, Amon Amarth, entombed AD, in flames, scar symmetry, hypocrisy, opeth, soil work, dark tranquility, is indistinguishable from American metalcore of the worst kind. Maybe in flames. I would agree with in flames. Um, so he says he enjoys some early Swedish death metal, Carnage, Dismember, Unleashed. But he op I but I openly consider it musical crap. Now, remember, this is him writing this. I'm just reading it. I don't think that at any point left-hand path or like an ever-flowing stream is going to change anyone's views of death metal music or have the artistic impact of Onward to Golgotha, Nespeth, the birth of Cursed Elysium. Um, let's see. As a side note, sweet, every uh, not every Swedish death metal band is Swedish death or melodic death. Neither neither early at the gates, sacramentum, nihilist, or demonacromacy, demon necromacy, no, demon necromacy, are considered part of the melodic death cesspool of shit, at least by me. Um, it says that is not to say that melodic death metal is wor entirely worthless, nor that good death metal can't be melodic. Again, see incantations onward to Golgotha, or. Phantom's Memento Mori. Merely that good Swedish death albums are few and far between, or often not even considered Swedish death metal to begin with. For example, in the eye, the red in the eye, uh, sky is ours. And even with that tiny bracket, what stands out mostly is usually a result of combining melodic death with another style. For example, Storm of the Lights Bane. Uh... So, next to speed metal, incorrectly dubbed thrash metal, Swedish melodic death metal is just about the most restrictive, artistically bankrupt, and infertile style in the greater heavy metal pantheon. But unlike speed metal, Swedish death doesn't even have the useful transitional property of leading towards black metal, mostly via Bathory, Sodom, Hellhammer. Swedish death metal just sits and rots. A short parenthesis on speed thrash metal its transitional purpose towards Norwegian black metal by far its most important quality, and the genre should have been completely forgotten after me uh, black metal consolidated itself. The best of speed thrash metal, Bathory, sounds like early black metal, and even further away from the extreme edge of style as it gets, Metallica, Creator, Anthrax, the worse it tends to be. So back to the absolute train wreck that is so-called melodic death metal, quote-unquote. At this point, a number of people will probably cry out that I'm not making a distinction between early Swedish death, mostly based in Stockholm and Tomas and Stunlight Studios, but and modern death metal, which is often based around Studio Fredben and Gothenburg. But this is a false dichotomy, since modern death metal isn't even death metal and barely even metal anyway. Okay. <laughs> For the, for the sake of clarity, let's separate these two genres. Older Swedish death metal and modern melodic death. Alright, let me get some, some Red Bull here. Alright, so hopefully 
hopefully you guys are following along. Um, I'm not really sure if this guy is making a lot of sense or is it just me? I don't know. Let's continue. So, the sham of modern melodic death. So, modern Swedish death metal tends to be an expanded and intensified version of Judas Priest. Or, for those with the higher opinions of themselves, Rain Chaos era Dissection, Nightwish, Sonata Arctica, and Manowar, and eventually ends up just being power pop. <laughs> power pop music with death growls. This guy's ridiculous. Okay, let's read that again. Because I was just laughing. And eventually ends up being power pop music with death growls. Eventually a point was reached with Arch Enemies Doomsday Enemies Arch Enemies Doomsday Machine and Inflames the Gesture Race. Where the only parts of the music that were even remotely metal related were the vocals. Holy fuck, are you serious, bro? Alrighty. What's most ridiculous is the swap of epic failures that happened between Sweden and the United States as at the turn of the millennium, as American metal bands would base their entire sound off the worst of the Gothenburg scene to create metalcore, while almost every Swedish, well, almost every uh, mainstream Swedish melodic death metal band, from In Flames to Soilwork, would co-opt the new metal genre that America had left behind to drag Swedish death metal even further down the depths of infamy. Now, this is true. This is something that I have said before, where excuse me, like Killswitch Engage, All That Remains, bands like that, they kind of took, kind of pilfered that sound, uh, the the Gothenburg scene sound, you know, stuff like that, and, and they started using it for themselves. I do agree with that. Um, Swedish death metal even further down the depths of infamy, okay? Some would even dress in gangsta streetwear. I don't know, I don't, maybe in flames? All the way down to baseball caps from the cities that I've never, never heard of and basketball jerseys. I don't see what that fucking even matters. Modern mel uh, melodic death metal is to death metal what Demi Borger and what Tain are to black metal. And it should thus and thus be called mellow deathcore. Short for melodramatic deathcore. Basically, emo. Okay, guy. Further ago, let's keep going further. So the worthlessness of early Stockholm melodic death. If modern melodic death is shit, does that make Stockholm-based predecessor any more worthwhile? Of course not. Since even older Swedish death has never become substantially more than an, a more aggressive version of Iron Maiden and Merciful Fate with some influence from suffocations, more aggress aggressive rhythmic aspects, and some of Black Metal's early atmospheric work, such as... Burzum and Early Dark Throne. Of course, we can break it down further from there with speed death hybrids like Entombed, proto core pop metal like Necrophobic. Okay. He literally just called Necrophobic proto core pop metal. That's fucking insane. Or half-hearted extreme fusion experiments. Half-hearted extreme fusion experiments. Okay. Like Unleashed. But the answer seems fairly clear. When it comes to this discussion, older Swedish death is fairly irrelevant. Since one, it's inferior to pretty much every other death metal scene. Two, no one's listening to it anyway. God damn, this guy's such a fucking piece of shit. All right. Since I'm supposed to be reviewing Necrophobic's The Nocturnal Silence debut, 
I will focus essentially on their brand of atmospheric proto-mallcore, but the following applies equally to bands like Entombed, Unleashed, Therion, Grave, and Carbonized. This, this guy's on fucking crack or something. I don't, I don't get it. Okay, melodic death metal's artistic confines and ensuing lack of future. So the reason why melodic death metal hasn't evolved further is the same reason why shoegaze is mocked as hipster music, why war metal went from promising new genre to joke niche writ, uh, genre in its modern uh, incarnation, why technical death metal a la necrophagist is closer to deathcore than to death metal, why jazz birthed so many fusion and why blues was seen as a logical successor to rock and roll and is now completely ignored. When you can't break out of certain structure limitations, stagnation follows by regression. Fo stagnation followed by regression are the only possible results. Okay. In Swedish death metal's case, it's the combination of several factors. Uh, one, without the ability to really maneuver around the chromatic scale, and with Swedish death uh, metal over-reliance on harmonic minor spooky melodies, the musical palette available to the genre is painfully limited, and the resulting music uh, rapidly turns into a generic mess of formulaic, formulaic strong structures based around the two or three chord progressions. This album, The Nocturnal Silence, Satyricon's first albums, Behemoth's later work, and almost anything by Dark Funeral, Dark Funeral are prime examples of this annoying trend. Dove Dovetailing, this is a reliance on standard, flowing and utterly predictable tremolo-picked phrases. Why exactly is this member one of the only popular Swedish death metal bands to attempt something a little harsher? Again, this guy's a fucking asshole. All right, two, there's only one way to go from there, death and roll. <laughs> While I despise hybridization for its own sake and commercial hybridization most of all i understand that it has points the problem is that swedish death metals hybridization tends to lean very heavily towards completely fraudulent death and roll subgenre which is regular hard rock played with death metal instruments and technique also known as worthless deathcore while there are token of instances of other diversions death groove entombed Death Opera, Modern Therion. Death Power, Children of Bodom. Of, oh, not Children of Bodom, but Children of Boredom. Death Black, uh, Demon Necromancy. Melodic death metal tends to go further and further down the rabbit hole into rock, which, ironically enough, tends to restrict it further. The other option is Death Folk, which has led to its own subgenre of Viking metal, with a grand total of one band worth investigating, early unleashed, and a lot of garbage. All right. Way to... Way to... Very observant, huh? All right. Three. So he set up... I think he set up like five points on why it sucks. Sheer laziness and riff craft. This might be the subjective point, and one very much related to over-reliance on the harmonic... Minor scales mentioned in point one, but show me a goddamn Swedish 
death metal band with riffs that don't sound like the soundtrack from the nightmare before christmas sped up and played in tremolo these trademark swedish riffs tend to sound spooky for 15 minutes before boredom sinks in for the rest of the album as in black metal swedish music swedish death metal music uses longer melodies but unlike black metal these melodies tend to be recursive instead of developing we end up with the worst of both black and death metal and other in other words candy metal all right it's no surprise that early stockholm swedish death metal is seen as a logical precursor to modern metal core melodic death all the ingredients are here in spades and all plain sight okay Point number four, minimal tension, no resolution. Likewise, almost every other style of death metal and very much in its metalcore successor, melodic death metal features little tension between each passage and a narrative phrase as each riff pretty much resolves itself in a circular fashion. Listen to Negrophobics Before the Dawn and then to Suffocation's Jesus Wept. If you want to add an idea of how this limits the artistic expression of the music, on the surface, Necrophobic has more going for it. Leads, pauses, bridges, harmonization in fifth, a mini solo, and even an acoustic break. But overall, the song expresses nothing, and there's no, there's no evolution in atmosphere or mood due to the lack of tension and absence of resolution. Suffocation song, on the other hand, while superficially simpler, goes through different transitional stages, each with a different atmosphere attached and mood communicated. Alrighty. Um, point number five rendered obsolete by black metal and I'm skipping a little bit guys um, while it may seem that I'm needlessly disparaging towards Swedish death metal as a whole there is at least one aspect of each of which even bad faith cannot dismiss its relation to Norwegian black metal I'd venture to say that to say that more than a few of the Swedish death metal bands such as Carnage, Dismember, Therion Reiklos and Don, with their focus on longer, more melodic riff phrases compared to, say, suffocations, linear and quasi-classical compositions, were influential to the emerging black metal genre. Maybe not the top players of the scene, such as Burzum or Dark Throne, who were always more influenced by Bathory and Incantation, but there's certainly an early Swedish death metal element in the music of Ancient, Gehenna, Dissection, Rotting Christ, and others. If you count intestine ballism as Swedish, a, a Swedish death metal band, they aren't, but they do have slight dismember influences. Then you could even add the mighty phantom to that list as fallen angel is pure intestine worship. But the similarities between Swedish death metal and black metal, particularly, particularly in riff construction, also spelled the doom of melodic death metal by the way of uh, rendered obsolete. In the same way, Bathory and Hellhammer rendered Sodom and Metallica obsolete. Anything Swedish death metal does, the black metal can do better, and it doesn't suffer from the artistic boundaries as black metal is principally, principally, brother, I can't say that, principally defined by its atmospheric narrative and composition, and progressive nature, rather than harmonic uh, than harmonic adhere to a set tonal center. By the time Transylvanian Hunger came around, Swedish death metal was more than one foot in the grave, having been completely surpassed and eclipsed by a dozen of Norwegian teens wanting to put death metal 
Death back in death metal. As for Necrophobic's debut, it is guilty of every charge leveled against Swedish melodic death metal. The nocturnal silence does, doesn't hold a candle to like an ever-flowing stream, and even less to onward to, to Golgotha or fallen from the brightest throne. I would like to provide a list of Swedish melodic death metal bands that are doing something worthwhile, but the truth is melodic death metal is stupid and will probably never get better. It's better to consider the short-lived Swedish melodic death metal genre, as well as unfortunately much more resilient, incestuous, bastard child metalcore as examples of death metal's occupational hazards. Nocturnal Silence score 0 out of 100. So, <laughs> interesting, huh? Yeah, this guy is such a fucking piece of shit. So if you want to look it up, you guys can take a look at it. Um, if you agree, or maybe even if you disagree, I don't. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's up to you, right? It's your own thought. I just thought it was interesting. I could tell you right now, I don't like this fucking guy. Uh, so he's got to be. And I heard, by the way, I heard Phantom. They fucking suck so bad. So. <laughs> Uh, whatever he thinks, I mean, f fucking incantation rules. All those bands are fucking great. I don't know what he's talking about. That, and I mean, there are such things as subgenres. So it's not just like fucking death metal envelops everything and that's it. Like it's just like there there should be a nice little wedge between genres, dude. Like, don't be a fucking asshole. Like this is what it. It's this. This is like an elitist, like an elite elitist, like. What the fuck? You know what I mean? It makes no sense, dude. <sighs> Anyways. So. I talked to chat GPT. And curiously enough, I asked. We'll get to the, we'll get to the main subject right now. But I asked chat GPT to give me some overrated bands. And I started with heavy metal. Now, don't kill the messenger. This is just me reading some of the bands that it gave to me. The AI, it gave it to me. Heavy metal. We're starting with uh, overrated metal bands. At 10, Bring Me the Horizon. Agreed, they suck. Number 9, Bullet for My Valentine. Again, agreed, they suck. Number 8, Linkin Park. Number seven, Disturbed, again. Number six, you know they suck. Five Finger Death Punch. Avenged Sevenfold at number five. Again, another band that sucks. Number four, this is where we really start to get to the overrated part. Slipknot, for sure. Number three, Kiss, they're overrated. Definitely overrated, but they have a lot of cool songs, so... Uh, I enjoy them, but yeah, for sure, they're overrated. Number two, Guns N' Roses. Interesting. I'm not sure about how I feel about that, but if we made a list of like the top 50 bands, they might be on there, perhaps. I don't know. And number one, Metallica, overrated. I think now I could say for sure they are overrated. If it was 15 years ago, probably not. Excuse me. But yeah, I think I think they're they're overrated for sure. So at number 10, I mean, I'm sorry, number 10. For death metal, number 10. I did three different genres, heavy metal, 
death metal, and then we're going to do black metal afterwards. At 10, death metal, uh, overrated, 10 overrated bands. Number 10, Possessed. Uh, number 9, Death. <laughs> fucking ChatGPT is fucking talking all this shit. Uh, <laughs> number 8, Six Feet Under. All right, that's pretty solid. Number 7, Dying Fetus. Number 6, Nile. Number 5, Suffocation. Number 4, Obituary. Number 3, Deicide. Number 2, Morbid Angel. And number 1, Cannibal Corpse. Now, for sure I think Cannibal Corpse is probably up there. The one thing else, I will say this. They have been consistent. And they write like... You're to expect them to write a death metal album. Uh, and like I said, they're consistent. They, they It might not be the fucking best thing in the world, but it's fucking cannibal. You know what you're going to get yourself into. But I agree. They are overrated. Uh, let's go into black metal. So again, I didn't create this list, guys. Okay? I'm just reading it. Uh, black metal. Top 10 overrated bands. Number 10, Marduk or Marduk. However you want to say that. Number nine, Watain. Number eight, Behemoth. Uh, number seven, Demu Burger. Number six, Satyricon. Number five, Gorgoroth. Number four, Emperor. Number three, Dark Throne. Number two, Burzum. And number one, Mayhem, which we're just here the other day. Um, but yeah, so... This is an interesting little list that uh, ChatGBT gave to me. You guys should fuck with it, man. Just like ask uh, questions every once in a while. There's all kinds of weird uh, responses, and and it's just it's just fun to ask it. I have there's one that I use that you can ask ten questions a day, but like literally it does have to be like 24 hours afterwards, and then you could um, ask it another ten questions. Uh, I want to give another shout out to. Uh, come Horrid Sigil for sending me over a copy of their fucking EP. This is fucking outstanding melodic death metal uh, from Washington, from Bellingham, I believe. Special thanks to Zach. Uh, you guys are fucking awesome. Appreciate everything. Looking at the cover art right now. It's really cool. Kind of eerie. It's called Dead Obelisk. Uh, so check them out. They're on, uh, you can check them out on YouTube and Bandcamp. Special out to my girl. She, uh, shout out to my girl. She uh, gave me a badass book for my birthday, which was on the 1st of October. Uh, the Sound of the Beast, heavy the complete headbanging history of heavy metal by Ian Christie. Uh, I might have mentioned this in the past. I'm not sure if I did, but this is a fucking great, very informative book. Uh, a lot of cool little like lists and things like that in the, in the back. Uh, fine print metal lists. So really cool. So let's get on with our main subject, right? So again, like I was telling you, this is going to be a nice, short, hit it and quit it type episode. Uh, <clears throat> if Is anybody curious to know? what my boredom album was and what my anger album was. 
let me know. Hit me up in the comments uh, on Instagram or message me on Instagram and I will tell you. <laughs> but I think you already know. Again, if you've been following me, you probably already know. Before, oh, you know what? Before we get started, there are some albums that I recommend some of you guys check out. So if you're into progressive metal, check out the new Temperance album called Hermitage. I think it's, is it? It's the new one that just came out. Uh, but yeah, Temperance, really good progressive. Um, if you're into, I guess I would say if you're into Ghost, right? The whole genre with Ghost, um, with bands like, uh, I think it's like Lucifer's Friend, um, the girl Joanna from The Oath. Uh, and I think she was on, um, shit. She was in that band Lucifer. And I, and, and I don't think the band's called Lucifer's Friend. That's another, I think that's like a fucking hard rock band from like the fucking 70s. My bad. But yeah, for fucking Lucifer. <laughs> uh, if you like stuff like that. And if you're interested a little bit in something a little different, something more 60s, maybe something a little bit more Motown. Check out Twin Temple. At first, uh, Twin Temple, uh, God is Dead. I fucking hated it at first. I thought it was dumb. But I was listening to it on my headphones. I was falling asleep. And I was like, mm, this shit's not for me. But when I, I put it in my car and I was like fucking driving. And I was kind of jamming to it. And it kind of, it, it I was like, all right, I could, I could, I think I could do this. Um, but you have songs like Burn Your Bible. Let's have a satanic orgy. Uh, be a slut. Fallen for a fallen angel. Like, you have a lot of really cool song names and stuff like that. Been listening to a lot of Cactus, a lot of proto, we'll call it quote-unquote proto metal, like shit from the 70s. Mountain, Uriah Heep, uh, Jerusalem, Sir Lord Baltimore, Atomic Rooster. Um, also, one uh, recommend, see if I can find it. Of course, the New Majesties album... Vast Reaches Unclaimed. But for sure, the one that I've been listening to a lot that just makes me feel fucking happy. Nightingale's The Black Stream. Another fucking inc incredible killer fucking album. Melodic death metal. If you want a little bit more melodic black metal, check out the new album from Moonlight Sorcery. The Horned Lord of the Thorned Castle. Really, really fucking good and epic, man. There's no way around that one. Really good. Okay, enough side bullshit. My first, so my first, I have five feelings. So first one, calmness. Number two, envy. Three, happiness. Four, nostalgia. Five, sadness. Um, uh, you know, you have your own feelings. You let me know what fucking albums you vibe with, what you fuck with, what you enjoy, what you like. Um, so number one, I think my first calmness album or the, the album that I associate with Calmness would be Porcupine Tree and Abstentia. This is really one of those times where I remember hearing it a shitload. I believe this might have even been the time when uh, Damnation Damnation came out from Opeth. And we were just listening to, to Porcupine Tree and fucking camping. And, and having, having heard this in the woods was just so fucking... Like it reset, you know, like I felt refreshed and re-energized and it just, it went so well with everything. Uh, I remember going with, I think, Ernest and 
think it might have been Josh and some of the boys, you know, uh, Ian back in the day, maybe Omar. Uh, yeah, for sure, I remember Porcupine Tree, man. In Abstentia, there was always this sense of just chill and calmness. And uh, really love that album. So that's one of... And also, it's one of my fucking top albums, top albums of all time. Uh, so it's number one. And obviously, these are not in any specific order because there's just... yeah. Um, number two, my, uh, my feeling, uh, envy, Psh, it's when I heard fucking Opeth, uh, Orchid specifically. So when I heard, or, uh, their first album and cause I'll be honest with you guys, we talk about this shit all the fucking time. You guys already know. I don't like their new shit. I've never fucking liked their new shit. Uh, it grows on me a little bit. I did like their last album. It was a little bit more enjoyable, less, I think a little bit less, uh, there's less bullshit on that one bit less uh i don't know it was a prog that i was able to enjoy i guess seemed it didn't seem as pretentious as the others so uh but if you know anything i you know i loved early the first for sure first five albums from opeth or like masterpieces um but like orchid for me it was one of those albums where i was just like how the fuck did they what, what was the mindset when they were writing the riffs when they were creating these parts and i don't know how much Dan, uh, Dan Suano had a lot to, um, I guess, filter out what they were doing and kind of create, have them create this fucking music. Uh, so Orchid is to me, I, that's, I, that's one of those albums that I wish I had written. I really do. I wish there was one of the albums that it's like, God damn, man, the, the, the acoustic guitars, the growls, the cleans, everyone's playing, um, you know, Michael's fucking guitar playing. And, you know, you had Peter, I mean, everything, everything going on was fucking outstanding. Um, so envy, Opeth, orchid right there. Good shit. Um, number three, happiness. Uh, we have, uh, Russell Allen slash Jordan Lande, the Battle. This is the first album that they had recorded together. Uh, they're, and I listened to this album a lot with Gonzo. We would hang out. I remember he would get out late um, from work. It was I think he would get out like at 11 p.m. or some shit. And he would get there probably by 11.30 to my place. And we would fucking buy a 30 sometimes and just drink. Sometimes to like 7 or 8 in the morning the next day. And we were always listening to this album uh, Alan Lande, um, the, the battle. And I just remember listening to it and some of the lyrics always reminded me of like, um, it seemed kind of religious, you know what I mean? And I was like, there's no fucking way that these two dudes are like hardcore religious dudes. And I don't know. It just seemed so fun, but, it, but I mean, we didn't give a fuck. We just enjoyed it. It was super catchy. If you don't know, it's kind of like, um, I guess it's like it's like power metal a little bit progressive power metal, um, very feel good music. I call it uh, like chicken soup for the soul. Uh, very AOR, you know, uh, adult oriented rock or like melodic hard rock, you know that kind of shit. Uh, but like heavy, you know. Uh, think think Symphony X is creating some sort of like aor album <laughs> it's still heavy but it's still you know it's pretty fucking good 
<clears throat> Anyways. Yeah, those were some good times, man. This was probably late 2000. Mm, the late 2000s, so I don't know, 2008, 7. This album came out in 2005, so. But yeah, we were hanging out a lot during 2007, 2008, maybe. Maybe in that later half. Uh, but yeah, the battle definitely brought me a lot of happiness. Um, number four, nostalgia. And this was, I, I was, this was really hard to, to choose because I was kind of wanting to go with Opeth Orchid on that one. Um, and then I had a playlist that I have that I would just jam out to every once in a while. And I had, and, and, and Dark Tranquility came up, but it was a Dark Tranquility song from the Projector album. And I was like, holy fuck. I remember when I first like officially had bought that album. I was just so fucking happy. Um, and this was one of those albums where, you know, this was like the turning point, I think, from Dark Tranquility. This is where you get to hear where they went in, in that more different ele uh, ele electronic uh, element for maybe a few albums. And then they went back to their normal selves after, after I guess, what, Damage Done. But Haven, Haven was still a great album. I don't know. Haven, I, th I thought it was fucking great. It's underrated. Um, maybe not their best, but still really good. But The Projector, I remember listening to a lot of this shit while me and Mike were in Austin and we're at a lake. And we're just out there in fucking, uh, well, we weren't in Austin. We're in Colleen. And just at his little house that he was renting out and shit. And I remember getting fucking plastered of whiskey or waski. Uh, and I got... <sighs> Pretty much, I think I, I'm pretty sure I puked on myself. And uh, I was like 21, 29, 22 maybe at that time. I was I was a young buck. Uh, had the worst fucking hangover of my life. Fucking full day of recovery. Uh, and I remember during that time, that was my... He introduced me to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh, and I actually went and bought that DVD version of that. From the, the BBC uh, version of it. Uh, I think it was like 1980 or 79. Really fucking cool. Um, like, I mean, Douglas Adams, dude. Fucking intelligent, smart, witty, all the good stuff, right? Uh, so that was really good shit. That, I loved, I loved that. Uh, and that time was fun, man. It's Those were some really good times. Um, but along with the good comes with the bad, as always, right? And number five, we have my last album, which is sadness. And I was considering Catatonia. I was considering all these other albums from other bands. But I do think... And, and, and it's, it, was, it would have been fair to go with Catatonia had I chosen them. Uh, there was a rough time that I had gone through when I was in my early 20s. And I listened to uh, Last Fair Deal Gone Down a lot. And Tonight's Decision a lot. And that was really therapeutic during that time but my decision i decided to go with agaloc the mantle because hello the fucking mantle i mean it's just this this in itself it's just to its core uh, it emits it just this emotion uh, emotion of of fucking sadness you know um one of my it was fucking hard to decide right if you were to decide oh what what agaloc album do you like and it's like bro don't ask me that shit because for me for sure it's their first three albums i consider those 10 out of 10 masterpieces and i had told my friend robbie 
uh, on a text message that I think those three albums for me, they, they really changed my life and they really changed the way I felt about music. And uh, he was like, you know, that's a, that's a big thing to say, but I'm like, it's true, right? For me, at least. Uh, a lot of people don't may not like them, and they're not, I mean, they, they may not like that that style of music, but fuck it, I don't care. I, I like it. Um, so those were those were some of my five albums and slash five emotions. Um, you know, there, we probably could have done a lot more, but I think this is perfect. Um, and yeah, just for the bonus, that's why not fucking talk about the last two. Uh, we'll make it fucking six and seven. So anger. So <laughs> for sure, that must have been when Metallica released uh, Saint Anger. So when they released fucking Saint Anger, that was some bullshit, man. I remember buying it and I was like, there's no way that, you know, this album is going to suck from just hearing the, the, the single that they had out where I think they're playing in San Quentin or some shit. And, um, but yeah, no, no, it, it got worse. Yeah. <laughs> it got hella worse. So I was like, what the fuck is this? So I had just gotten over, you know, load and reload. And then all of a sudden this bullshit fucking comes out and you're like, well, come on, bro. What the fuck is going on? And, I'm, and it, I think in the same way that a lot of people, old metalheads were feeling with Metallica, the, the black album. Right. I think that's what happened with me. I felt that fucking rage. So, holy shit, dude. Yeah. When I heard Metallica, I remember I was hanging out with my friend Ralph. Uh, and we were, we're, you know, we're jamming and we're like, I forgot we we're going somewhere. And we we're like, yeah, this is cool. And we we're just like, yeah, no, it's not cool, man. <laughs> Who are we kidding? This fucking sucks. So... <laughs> Uh, I still have mine. I don't know where the fuck. I have it here somewhere. But no, yeah. Fucking terrible album, St. Anger. Fuck you. Uh, and, I, and you guys know my stance on Slayer. Never liked them. Uh, in terms of like being a, like one of my favorite bands. I've gotten... Uh, I've loosened up a little bit more on a lot of their other albums from the late 80s. And um, so they're not... To me, it's not completely like I won't listen to them. So, But... The one album that I think for me is boring and admits the feeling of boredom for sure would be Rain and Blood. Um, and I, it's just one of those albums for me that I, I, you know, I've gone through. I listened to it several times and, you know, it's what, like 30 minutes or some shit. And it's just like, eh, same thing pretty much for the whole time. So I'm not going to deny the obvious impact that it had and whatever, you know, for sure. I'm not going to deny that. It's, there's definitely something there. People fucking revere that motherfucker. So there's something to be said. But for me, boredom. Anyways, there's our. those were my official five plus bonus two. Uh, we're going to have uh, a, a few other cool episodes coming up, I would say. I'm going to interview a band called Median next week. Uh, I think Eli and I are going to get together on his channel pretty soon. So look out for more stuff, more albums, uh, shit talking. We're gonna well, let's drink some waskis, have some beers. So thank you for joining me, fansexuals. You guys have a good one. So long, and thanks for all the fucking fish. <laughs>